On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we talk about why the new releases of clubs irritate so many people. We talk about PXG's new quote-unquote affordable clubs. Uh, we also dive into Tim's golf dreams, maybe nightmares, uh, and play a game of play, spectate, or demolish. As always, this show is brought to you by myself, Chris Wright. Me, Ben Fowlis. And me, Tim Williams. All right, chaps, we are back for yet another week. Uh, we are still in lockdown 3.0. Uh, however, the European Tour, the race to Dubai, has begun. We'll be jumping into that in a bit. But first of all, um, we, we, we've got some rumours that, I say rumours, Tim's quite openly shared this with us. Uh, he, he's been dreaming of golf, uh, so I want to hear more about these dreams. Uh, and also, uh, he's got some... Uh, news about his golf excitement coming back in so Timbo I'm going to come to you first and I know Fallis has got some super exciting news for us as well so Timbo lead us off what we've been up to uh talk about, tell us about these dreams well, well before I get into the dreams um basically I, what I was going to say was um for those of you who, who have um I think it's Sky Documentaries the the Tiger film was released last week um I've not actually watched all of it yet I'm about three quarters of the way through um Still, there's two parts, right? Yes, two parts. I'm kind of jury still out for me about how I feel about the film overall. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll come back to that in a a future episode. But that coupled with the the action from Abu Dhabi this weekend just is kind of, I suppose, kicks me out of my golf hibernation, if you like, in terms of just wanting to practice to putt. The swing a golf club. So since Thursday, I've been practicing sort of my swing, trying to bed in some new feels and some thoughts, sort of tweet, making a few tweaks. The put out's been back out again, um, making a few, you know, really, really small tweaks with like um, putting action, not grip. Don't worry, grip hasn't changed. Grip's still the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, just I mean, it's just really kind of rekindled my excitement for all things golf. But um, but I will come back to talking about this. So so I mentioned this sort of off mic to the boys last week, um, and regrettably they, they they haven't happened this week, but they were happening last week. But basically, I had I had one particular night where it just honestly it was just a, a night full of golf based dreams, and I'm ninety percent sure that I'm not the only one that this is happening to at the moment. But it was one of those things where I woke up, I woke up and I just had to text the boys in the morning to be like, lads, I've literally just had about three back-to-back golf dreams. I'm not joking. Um, I, I will, I'll tell you the general gist of them. I mean, the two that I really remember, and these might actually be dreams that people can relate to, because I think um, I was talking to, you know, I was talking about them. I think they're probably, they sound like stress stress related dreams but yet they've all manifested in golf so make of that what you will um basically the first one was um i was in a very lovely sort of country estate kind of lovely stately home and i was with a good good buddy of ours um who is who's known for frequently turning up late to rounds of golf (laughs) and that's what the stress of this dream was because i knew full well that the course we were playing at was 20 minutes, half an hour away. And I distinctly remember that the tea time we had was one thirty, and it was quarter past one. I just remember freaking out in the dream that I'm going to be late for my tea time. And I'm furious 
and <laughs> it's always this guy that's making me late and I can't believe this is happening again. So, so that was the first one. And the second one was even weirder because um, this time I was, at, I, was at, I was at the course, I was all set up and everything. And it was like, sort of like a, a downhillish par four. And for whatever reason, the T was like this sort of, I don't even know how, it was like the T was set up on this, the, not the T box, the T itself was set up on this little mini platform, but then it wasn't flat. It was sort of bent inwards, like a little valley, which obviously meant I couldn't get the ball to sit properly. So then I was trying to put a T in to put the ball on. That wasn't working. Then I was sort of thinking, oh, maybe I was, because then I was feeling stressed about taking so long to tee off. So I was putting the ball down and sort of setting up. I was like, no, because if I'm trying to hit that, I'm going to hit the tee and not the ball. And eventually, I think I just sort of whacked it and just was like, well, whatever. I'm just going to have to deal with this now. And I just really vividly remember these two really specific stressed out situations being in dreams about golf. I, I can't explain it. I I feel the tension. I feel the the stress in this situation. I'm like, this is this is not this is a, this sounds like more like a nightmare, Timbo. This is not a this is not but, a nice relaxing dream. But genuinely, you know, I, I've said. I mean, these feel like they should be stress induced dreams. Genuinely, swear down. The week I was having these dreams, I promise you, I wasn't stressed. I, I had a very stress. I, I had a very stressful week last week, but the week before that, it was kind of first or second week back after Christmas, I was feeling pretty chipper actually, because I was pretty relaxed after the holidays. So I just, just confusing, but also slightly amusing that these two dreams just have really, really, really specific golf based nightmares. I, uh, I, I feel so you had, I feel you on that first stream because I believe that friend that you were talking about is uh, is my lift to golf every time we go. Yeah. Play. It is, yeah. So that's <laughs> your nightmare. It's my reality. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, before before we go on to Ben Timbo, just quickly, and um, this is a tech bit. I think you're you're either really close to your mic or it's the volume's really up. So maybe just adjust it. Just getting a little bit of a fuzz. When when you're speaking, oh, it might have just been that you're getting really excited and talking really closely to your mic. It's probably just being really excited <laughs> talking about my golf dreams. To be honest, mate. Uh, Ben, you've got some uh, less exciting news for us. So tell us what's been going on in your world. Yeah, I mean it's it's been an eventful week, and by eventful, I mean I've not legally been allowed to do anything because um, I just <laughs> uh, it's just been announced that I'm uh, on an enforced fourth self isolation. So. <laughs> We're hoping fourth time is the charm. Uh, it's come, you know, somewhat lessens the blow. The fact that we can't go anywhere, do anything anyway. It's been snowing. We all know I'm a fair weather golfer. Um, so I probably wouldn't be out doing much on the golf course at the moment anyway. But it does mean, um, yeah, we're just going through it again. It's all fun and so games. You, you have now spent roughly 50, 50 days in complete and utter isolation over that's last... since september as well but i'm not really laughing inside of that that's 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 brutal um well let's let's try and uh, not take the uh, the listeners down into a negative a negative space let's try and let's try and bring some positivity to the world so um uh, moving we had 
we had the race to Dubai began this week with the HSBC Abu Dhabi Championship. Uh, and I have to say, before we go into this, made even more enjoyable, Tim, you won't know this, made even more enjoyable by the fact we had Fantasy, Fantasy League set up verylastminute.com last week. Um, but we had, I think we had like 70 odd people from Sunday Red all competing uh, for it. Turns out, you pick, so basically you pick a, uh, a squad of six, you've got $50,000, I think it is, to, to pick, and they, you know, each player has a salary. Um, just an excellent, excellent, excellent format. Turns out, making sure is at least, well, three of my players didn't even make the cut. So that that was only ever going to go one way for me, and I plummeted down the, uh, the leaderboard over the weekend. Uh, however, I did have Tyrrell Hatton, based off my recommendation last week talking about how he's going to win the race to buy i thought i'm going all in with this guy uh and he's only gone and bloody won it so talk to you guys did you watch it who are your standouts who what did you what did you enjoy who what were your key moments just tell me a bit about your weekend watching the golf timbo i'm gonna to come to you first yeah i absolutely lapped it up to be honest um i just thought this, the field was really strong it was sort of the start of a new year everyone kind of fresh um yeah really 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 enjoyed it but i thought there were some interesting things in there i mean we'll talk about hatton first um in the end you would say he comfortably comfortably won that yeah. and you know when you're when you're walking down the 17th on the sunday and you're playing with rory and you're sort of laughing with your caddy halfway down the fairway you just know you're having having a great time but look i think and this is absolutely on me, right? He is, he is absolutely now genuinely the real deal. I think we can absolutely <laughs> agree that. He's up, to, yeah. he's up to fifth in the world, I think we're saying now. Fifth in the world. Um, and that was his fourth fourth Rolex series win, I think. In, well, it's his fourth. I think it's something like his fourth win in the last 19 or 20 events 20 he's played in. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Mental. So, I mean, you're talking form, I mean... Wow. The other thing I can say about him is it felt like he won at a canter and there was still plenty in the tank is what I felt like while I was watching him. I, I, I actually felt that he had another level he could have gone to on that day. Um, on, on the front nine, there was a couple of putts that you just thought, have you just played that really safe and just like hmm. wanted to get it into the dustbin lid? Or have you just not hit it very well? And, and there was a couple of parts that I thought I feel like normally I'd even I'd feel like you would drain that. Do you know what I mean? And then on was it ten? He drained a monster putt. I think it was ten on the yeah. final day. He yeah, a monster putt. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what I was. Expecting. That was, that was the real. That was the real clinch moment because I think he he hold the long birdie putt on the tenth just as Rory was bogeying. And I think that that yes, I think you're right. Yes, the die was kind of cast a little bit. Um, you know what? I would love to be reviewing one of these tournaments and not again asking questions of Rory. Um, but again, you had him on Sunday. Uh, how many shots is he leading by coming into Sunday? Was it two shots? No, one, one, just one, one shot, one. He uh, just. I don't know. My brother said it earlier. You can guarantee turning up to every tournament, well, more or less guarantee, Rory McIlroy is going to shoot the lights out and blow the field away for two rounds. Yeah. For the other two rounds, it's, mm, has he got it in there? 
Um, it, it gutting to see because his game is when he was on at the weekend, he was sensational. Yeah. Couldn't keep with him. And then, yeah. Is what it I is. mean, I'm, I'm delighted for Hatton. I think seeing Hatton come through is just, it's amazing. It's its great for European. It, actually, that tournament was great for European golf. Watching, mm. me, even just watching like the English guys play, and I was like, this is, um, this is excellent. Porter had a bit of a, a, a <laughs> didn't he, on Friday, but, but apart <laughs> from that. Well, I think I messaged, I think I messaged you guys on Saturday, maybe Saturday. And it was a very simple message. And I, just, I think I said something along the lines of Tommy just looks, there's something off. You just feel like there's a, a blow up in his locker that looks like it could happen at any time. And it did on two days. He had two, by his standards, pretty poor days. His first day was pretty poor. His Sunday wasn't great. What I would say about someone who I was watching quite closely that I would never usually think about or give too, too much time to. And that was Rafa um, mm. Cabrera Bello. Really, really interesting to see him sort of seem like he's picking a bit of form. I, Lovely I gears like we had, on Sunday, just whilst we're at it. Beautiful fair shirt. Fair. Shoes. I feel like we haven't seen Rafa up the top for a while. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm basing that off me having watched various golf tournaments and not actual stats, but I just feel like I haven't, I haven't been aware of him. haven't seen him up there, but um, yeah, that was, that was really cool to see him up there for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Ben, anything else you wanted to uh, throw to the mix? Yeah. I think, so for me, um, I actually didn't get to see any of Saturday and Sunday. I was moving flats. So I watched a fair bit on, on Thursday, Friday. So Saturday, Sunday, it was all just kind of highlights and, and catching up for me, but it's um I'm glad the European tour's back, as I've I've spoken about before. The coverage is just for me, it's so much better. You get to watch so much more golf, you see a lot more player reaction. Um the course looks as you'd expect from European tour standard, it just looks so much fun to go and play. Um to see a lot of the European boys do well as well. I just think all in it was it was a brilliant tournament. Um yeah, I kind of what we've spoken to already. I wrote down just disappointed to see Rory fall away slightly. Um and Hoygaard as well against a, a big field didn't end up too badly. He finished twenty. Yeah, whereas he was was he your outside the top fifty pick? No, he wasn't. Uh, so my, no, my we're talking Rasmus, not Nikolai. That's right. So, but my I had Valamaki as my outside the top fifty pick, um, plus eight, I think it was, or something. Um, <laughs> didn't make the cut, so I was like, brilliant. I know he was in my fantasy league team. I've got, I've got to back him. He's, he's I've, I've given him the shout out. Uh, but Rosner, I can't remember what he finished on, but he he played he played really well. So he was, um, I think I'll be throwing him back in the fantasy league team this week for sure. Um, there's a couple of really young. There's one young, and I now cannot remember his name. Shaper S C H A P E. I'm sure it is South African young South African guy born in like 2000 and something ridiculous behaviour. Um, playing this weekend. Who's I'm looking at his stats earlier. They look pretty smart. Has been playing playing some decent golf. So um, yeah, I'm well. I'm excited for this weekend as well. That's a lot of good golf coming out of South Africa. Mm. A lot of players that are up. And yeah, on European tour. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, the the only other thing I was going to say about the the, the Abu Dhabi um, championships was um, coming down that, the 18th hole at that golf course. Obviously, you've got the big. I think we decided it was an eagle, right? I think it's yeah. an eagle. I'm going to go with an eagle. Well, sure, it's an eagle. Sure. Um, I don't know if you noticed the the sort of the marketing hoarding that was up um, 
as you were approaching the 18th on the clubhouse. They basically had, you know, the HSBC championships and they had images of, I think it was Rory, JT and Tommy being kind of like emblazoned on the front of the clubhouse. And I was just watching on Sunday, just thinking, if if you're one of the other players, right, that hasn't been featured in this kind of, oh, look at all the great golfers we've got playing at this tournament. If you're not one of those featured, surely does that just take your motivation up just a notch, just to sort of ram it down the 18th, give them the middle finger and say, why aren't I up there? And, and also, <laughs> I, I was watching it thinking for those, because I, I think I watched the shot of Tommy taking a shot, facing towards his own face. I wonder whether it's distracting. <laughs> For the for the players to look up and see a fifty foot version of themselves, thinking, "Well, this is slightly odd." And, and I, also, I don't think pressure, I the, the, also knowing that you are the face of that tournament, if yes. you know, every day you're walking on, going, "Shit, what happens if I don't make the cut?" Like, like, like I can't let them down. Like, that would be <laughs> what, like just probably not what professional golfers are thinking. Yeah, like JT, number one yeah. pick for me in my fantasy league team. <laughs> given given everything that happened uh, press wise over the past week, wasn't overly surprised by it. I have no, to admit. Yeah. yeah. No, still yeah, not he's still not really addressing anything about it though. And there's been a lot of I don't know if you listened to um I mean EAL went in on him and the PGA in his podcast. Oh really? Week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh interesting. I've not heard that. I'm not listening to that. I'll give that a listen. Yeah, we'll get that okay. on the list for tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. So then we had, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. I watched almost none of this. The uh, uh, the Amex Amex, can't remember what it's called. The Amex Championship over. They were playing it at various different courses. Um, although I did take note of the winner, Siwoo Kim. And Tim, you sent a stat through earlier, and I now can't find the stat. Remind me what that stat was. So I believe it was actually Mr. Fowlis that sent through the stat, not me. So oh, I was it Fowlis, is it? Sorry. So I, I, I can't take the credit for this one as much as I would like to. Um, bear with me. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Ben could probably tell you this is his fact, you know- not mine, but I can read it out for you anyway. Um, so the stat, the stat is right. Siwoo Kim and Colin Morikawa are now the are now the only players under twenty five. Uh, with three PGA Tour wins, right, on tour. Pretty impressive, right? Um, that's until you find out that Tiger had 29 by the time he was 26. That is mind-blowing. But, really, like, I, I th- I'm sure we spoke about Siwoo Kim. I'm sure he was one of my picks for my outsiders when we were talking about the Masters last year. Yeah, uh, he's been playing some really good golf, and I'm I'm really pleased to see him come through. But the one thing that I like, I think, needs to be spoken about. This we talk about Rory McIlroy being a big choker. Did you see who was? I'm pretty sure he was leading into the final day. Finau. Yeah, Tony Finau. Finau yeah. was leading into the final day, and to be fair to him, hit four under on Sunday, and Siwoo Kim had hit like double that, like eight under or ten under or something ludicrous. Yeah. Someone hit eleven under to come second. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. That's, <laughs> if you're hitting four yeah, like, yeah, around I'm, and someone's just absolutely tearing the course yeah. up, I think that's just that's more a case of just you know what that that's just how it's but off. Do, but but you look at it and go, there was obviously some big scores in there. Do you reckon he's walked off thinking 
I've I've hit four under and I'm pleased with that. Or do you reckon he's walking off there thinking I've hit four under and I feel like there was six, seven? Like, because I, I mean, the, also, can you just can we just appreciate that we're talking about being pissed off at being four under? I'd say <laughs> being like twenty four over would be fine, but uh, but yeah, I just it just in the back of his mind, that's another tournament he was leading on day three and then has not taken on one. I just he's got to he's got to, take, he's got to get a win. I, I, I'm going to have to sit on the fence a bit with that because he, um, you know, he he was leading. He did play well, um, but it, it's another one on the list of didn't close it out. You know, he didn't shoot the lights out. He played well. Patrick Cantley shot 11 under par, shot a course record to come in uh, and, and finish second. Yeah. You know, when you when you start talking about it being seven shots behind i know it is the course record but typically if you give up seven shots to someone on the final day of a golf tournament you're not going to win it um so i think particularly with female's game yeah <laughs> he has got it all um it's just i just think it's something up top possibly similar to what rory's going through i think it's it's clearly the game's there if you're leading golf tournaments um the way he plays the game yeah um yeah it's... yeah totally agree I recently, mean... recently we've been speaking about Go on, Timber, you guys. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, no, basically what I was going to say was, I think what it illustrates is if you, you could probably take the top, probably really 20 players in the rankings right now, and you could probably say a few a few players aside, um, ability and talent-wise, it's pretty much level. It's pretty much a level playing field. I, the outliers of that are, in my opinion, a DJ and a Rory. Now they're opposite ends of where they're going with that. I think DJ's just been a machine, and I think Rory, um, I think he just needs. To, who am I to criticise? I'm literally the the most amateur, average hacker in the world. But um, it just feels like there's a bit of a mental thing with Rory. But I think that you know that's what high high level professional sport is, right? It's not about some one person's talent being dramatically higher than the others. It's it's all about the top six inches and the mental side of it, and one one thing I will reveal from the Tiger um, film, if you like, a little spoiler, was when it was the Masters, I think it was 2000. Yeah, it was 2000 when I think he was going for the Tiger Slam. He was playing with Phil on the final day. They were both going for the title. And I think it was the, I can't remember which hole it was, but Phil took driver for once Perler of a drive, put it in the middle of the fairway. Um, Tiger, so I think it was Steve, Steve Williams who came out and sort of said that Tiger deliberately took a three wood and just threw the kitchen sink at it to basically demonstrate that he could hit the ball further than Phil's drive with his three wood. And in his opinion, that was the turning point of that entire final day because it was almost like whatever Phil distance wise could do tiger was just gonna be he was just longer and stronger than he was so there there obviously are a few little sort of mental these little mental gamesmanship moments that you have um and maybe that's just what it is with the likes of a tony i mean he's obviously he comes across anyway as like one of the nicest guys on on the tour you can't hate tony Fino, okay you can't hate him but you do just wonder if you, you do need to get a bit of a a hard, ruthless, nasty side 
to really go to the next level. Again, I'm not qualified to talk about this. I'm the most average player in the world. I I don't even win competitions on our society, let alone going further than that. But I don't know it just it just made me think of that when we started talking about Tony. I mean that that's quite well timed. Did you see the European Tours Angry Golfer video that they released over the weekend? And then obviously being in that video and then going and winning, I think is probably quite well timed with your you have to have a bit of a, an anger or a bit of a, an edge to to your game for sure. And I think you're probably you're probably not wrong, to be honest, Tim. But uh, yeah, we we are not sports psychologists. We probably probably should <laughs> should not should not give our views on that. Um, I want I there's another thing that I want to talk about, and that is the LPGA. I I haven't didn't watch this live. I've watched some of the highlights. I saw some of the stats that were coming out. The at the top three, just unbelievable. By the way, Jessica Corder. One of our faves, Danielle Kang in the second, beaten on a on in a playoff hole. She, she doesn't play bad golf ever. No, <laughs> she. I mean, it is it is it is literally ridiculous. she's always in and amongst it, isn't it? It's just unbelievable, just super consistent. I found I didn't realize her coach was Butch Harmon, which I found out um, this week. And then in third place was Nelly Corder, younger sister of Jessica, who came first. And apparently they talk quite a lot about sibling rivalry. Like they will literally be like, they'll look at the scoreboard. You, they don't, they don't See, you shot my concept of Nikolai being a good golfer because Rasmus is. But apparently yeah. they like literally they walk up the fairway, look at the leaderboard. They don't care where they are on the leaderboard. They just want to know that they're above their sister. And I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant. I'm like, don't care if I'm in 10th, 100th, 1st, wherever, as long as I'm above my sister, um, I'm feeling good. So, uh, also, was it Jessica who shot the course record on the Friday or the Saturday or something? Um, just playing some unbelievable, unbelievable golf. So, lovely. I, golf. I, I, I mean, I, there was many that I wanted to do a shout. Say so that again, Ben. I missed that. Lovely golf swing. Great tempo to it. <laughs> mm. um, I, may, I, I mainly, I mainly brought it up because I just wanted to give give our Danielle Kang a shout out as well. So. Um, <laughs> That was I thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed watching that. Anyway, uh, moving on. I want to have you guys seen. I think the, some of their clubs came out. You guys have heard of PXG, obviously. Yeah, notorious for ludicrously expensive golf clubs. Yeah. And if they weren't ludicrously expensive, I actually quite like. Them. Like, well, I actually really like them. I think. I think they look. I think they look great. I. I quite appreciate the just no fluff marketing spiel. It's like. Yeah, it's basically like, yeah, they're just they're fucking good golf clubs. They go a long way. Uh, there's none of this like inertia, jailbreak, transformer <laughs> magic technology built by AI computers under the sea type shit. So, and I just appreciate that. But I've never kind of given them any kind of mind, you know, mind space, if you like, because they're so expensive. It's just, it, it's not anything that any average golfer is really going to be looking at until now they've brought out um their 0211 selection of clubs and really what i wanted to get your guys thoughts on this is what maybe not why you feel like they've done this but how this affects their move into the the average golfer the opening up to more for more people because and just to give you an example the driver i think looks amazing it's 325 quid that's 75 quid cheaper than the sim. It's cheaper than the Cobra Rad, 
I've got zero data on actually if these clubs are any good, by the way. So this is not going to be a <laughs> statistical analysis of performance. Um, and the irons come in at, I think it was 130 per iron. So it was basically 900 quid for a four to pitch wedge. Ben, I'm going to come to you first. What's what's your kind of view on this? Do you think this is good for golf? Do you think this is good for PXG? What's, give me your thoughts. Yeah, so... Uh... PXG, I've always kind of admired the brand because I, I've done a bit of back reading into the whole why it started and and all of that sort of stuff. And the, and the owner's basically gone, no, this is us. We want an, a, a super premium brand. Here it is. So for a bit of context for those who, who don't know, the the 0211s are going to retail £130 an iron. Their other irons, which are the ones they, they've released and, and had out for a while, are £275 an iron. So when mm. you start to build a bag with 275 quid instead of 130 substantial price um and then i started looking at the prices of other irons as well just to see whether their affordable clubs are going to be the same and, and just based on american golf everyone else callaway taylor may tightless and cobra all range between 100 and 130 so when you look at it you're like well actually yeah they have their affordable iron is actually affordable it's still it's still top end of the bracket but it's yeah. within the bracket. Like it's it's competitive with the top end yeah. tailor made, for example. For sure. And this this came up because a friend of mine said to me, Oh, I found out about the new release of this. I love the look of the PXG, but it was always priced out a bit. Mm. As soon as he found out there's a, a PXG fitter near us, um, he's booked in to go and see it because mm. he's like, I want to see if they match up, if they are legit, if they're the real deal. I don't know anyone that plays PXGs. Nice. They look beautiful, but I just think everyone that I know um, is, is typically been priced out of those. And this is where kind of the question or thought that I had that I said I was going to, I kind of teased to you two the other day, but then I held back. And I don't know whether it's kind of an A or B scenario. And I didn't know what you thought of it was. So is it a sign that the company and the brand is now making enough money from the high end clubs that they've gone right? we're now going to bring in a second line of clubs and make it more affordable to compete against the big boys? Or is it a sign that they're struggling to sell the big clubs and are going, ah, we're going to have to change our tactics here and get some more affordable clubs? Because I've kind of been coming between the two. I'm not really too sure what I think. Or just to throw in a third option, I guess if you wanted to get more people into PXG World and sell more of the top-end clubs you get them in at the affordable level. They then use them and go, these are freaking amazing. I'm now willing to, in five years, to commit to the higher end one. Like it could just be one really big marketing ploy. It just seems odd that they went down the route that they did in the startup phase and and went in, right, we're going to make premium. That's going to be our niche to then almost backtrack and and go away from it. I think, like you said, it makes, it does make business sense. Um, It just, I don't know. I saw it and I was like, mm, that's, I'm not sure how I feel about it because they've they've set themselves as that. I don't know. Don't know whether it's them backtracking or they've just gone right. We're we're killing it now. Let's let's try and kill it even more and and make ourselves a genuinely big brand. Tim, what's your thoughts? I think it feels like they're a brand that is kind of in phase two, and what I mean by that is they 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 created a mark for themselves as this um really good tech spec brands and it was kind of a case of we know these are really good clubs and we're going to 
take and spend whatever it takes to make them really good clubs. And if you want a piece of that, then that's fine. But, you know, it's going to take a bit of money for you to get these. You know, we're not going to hold back about that. That's who we are. That's that's what we're about. Um, that feels like they've kind of gone down the route of, right, we've established credentials. Um, there are a few, there are certainly a few tour players that use PSGs now, for sure. Um, and certainly people know about it and are talking about it. It's an interesting time potentially to see when they've gone to that phase two, which does feel like Ben says that they've gone to that point of being slightly more like, okay, we've got the high end model, but we've also got a model, which is like, if you are a 25 handicapper or, you know, you could be a, a 28 to scratch handicapper and still use these clubs. Um, they've not gone all the way down of sort of saying, you know, these are our, these are, you know, GIR irons. These are, you know, your introductory entry model. They've not done that. Um, it's an interesting time. I still don't feel that PHG is probably matured enough as that, as where they were at the first place of being that kind of out there upstart challenger to a lot of the established brands and doing so whatever the costs right because when you're building a brand having a high cost attached to it is you buy into that because you assume right it's going to be quality it's going to have a load of research going into it if you're a new brand without a lot of equity and awareness and charging a shitload then i as a consumer am assume that a lot of those tech research r&d benefits going to get passed down to me so that's where you start off and that's where a lot of brands do start off um i don't know loads about the history i don't know how long they've been around um it does feel, honestly, to me, a bit like a marketing ploy. Um, the other side of it is, whilst, yes, they're not as expensive as the usual PXGs, they ain't cheap. Uh, by anyone's token, these models, they are not cheap. I mean, it's not like you're going to... I doubt, anyway, that you're going to walk into your average American golf, and pick, uh, American golf and pick them up. But I think... But they are, as Ben was saying, they are... If you're if you're shopping the sim irons, if you're shopping the epic irons, if you're shopping in that bracket, they're yeah. in that bracket. They are they are they are these ones. They're coming in at the same price point. The driver seventy five quid cheaper than the top range. If you're in that bracket, why? If you're in that bracket and you're shopping around for sim and whatever, let's assume that to be doing that, you back yourself as a golfer and you're probably a single finger single figure handicapper, or you've just got, or you've just got cash to burn. Like, or you just freaking love spending money on golf. I, don't, I think let's, people let's buy assume, let's assume that you're, you're coming at it from the angle. If, if you're going out there and you're considering buying a literally a set of Sim 2 everything, <laughs> either you've got a load of money or you're a good golfer and you've, you know, you, you're, you've thoroughly <laughs> committed to this sport. Um, if you're if you that person, a lot of golfers. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, th- I, I, think, I think the key point you're saying there is you're committed to this sport. I think there are a lot of people who will buy though that level of club who buy it because they like it N- nothing to do with them being a golfer or because they're, they're they're absolutely loaded but this is my point if you are a if you are of that mindset where you're like right i will be the best golfer i can be i'm going to put money into this um i've got a bit of cash knocking around why of the two pxg versions why would you opt to spend a little bit less money to go for the set which they are marketing at being applicable for a 28 handicapper down to a single figure handicapper as opposed to their premium range if you see what i mean 
Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it will be about a grand difference from there if you were to go bottom end set to, to kind of top end set. But P- PXG for me, it's for me, it's always I just see it as a top end brand. I wouldn't buy a PXG necessarily because they're now trying to compete with the others. I would probably go with a tried and tested. Actually, if if someone were to say that without hitting a ball. What would you pick off of the shelf? Would you go for the more affordable PXGs or, or others? I'd probably go with the others because I know they're tried and tested and there's been 10, 15, 20 generations of clubs in which they've refined it. This is their first step in, you know, dipping their toe into the water of the more, in that more affordable bracket. Do we have any proof yet that they're, they're any good? I suppose it's the same with any club. You need to get fitted for it because what's good for me is not going to be good for, for you two, but I don't know. But on that point, right, you, you play you play ping at the moment, right? Ben? I do indeed. Now let's say you were gonna change your bag, you're gonna get a whole new set of sticks. If there's a premium if there are a premium collection from Titleist, Callaway, PXG or Ping, would you have more interest in continuing with ping and going to the next level up just because you know you have played them before, you know what they feel like, you know what you're comfortable with, or is that gonna make a difference to you? I, I wouldn't give a monkeys. It's, as long as that's that interesting is, because I wonder if that's where PXG are trying to go with it. They're trying I, to get someone in and then go to the higher end. I think for a lot of people that they they go they discover a brand, they buy into yeah. a brand, and they never leave that brand. Like there are Facebook groups set up for Cobra fans. Like people literally will only ever buy those clubs. So I, Tim, I think you I think you're spot on there. I think they will they are getting people in at that so that when they improve or when they decide to invest more, they then upgrade. The other thing to consider, and yes, Fanny, you're absolutely right. Obviously, the solution here is go get fitted. Do they work better? Yes, great, fine. Like that's that's always what it comes down to for me. Are they are they are they performing better for you as an individual than other clubs? Great, get them. Um, the other thing that we've got to but to consider is they're a direct consumer brand, so they don't they don't have twelve middlemen salespeople hiking up the cost of their quote-unquote lower-end clubs so there's actually nothing to say they their margins i imagine must be reasonably good having not having to sell them into 17 different middlemen and i think you're you're i have no idea about this but potentially you're saying actually the quality of the club could be much higher than than the comparable ones at that level because they've got more margin to spend on that it's interesting like it I think as a direct consumer brand, they, there's the potential for that. I think it, it, it's always going to come back down to look. You could pull a seventy pound a club set of irons off the shelf and perform <laughs> way better than you could with a four hundred seventy five pound set of irons. Okay. I, is I, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because this really nicely brings us on to my next section. If there isn't anything that. All good. Okay, okay, fine. So that that is a really a, a valid point, Ben. And you, you're right. For us, as the average golfer, I, I'm almost certain that the more expensive clubs will not do any very. You know, my swing is the limiting factor. The club isn't the limiting factor ninety percent of the time. Um, <laughs> the, what, to, the tools, the tools are the problem. The yeah. Tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. But what this what this kind of brings me on to is. There, January is or has been this year new release time for drivers. We spoke about it before Callaway, Cobra, Ping, Mizuno have a new one out. Like, there's a lot of new drivers out. 
Um, every YouTuber out there is doing reviews and there is as many, um, I'll, I'll say clickbaity headlines, you know, best driver ever, quickest driver ever, most forgiving driver ever, etc. Um, from all of them. And, you know, it's always with a question mark and, and, and actually, and actually what's interesting, if you listen to them, they all say a very similar thing, which I'll come on to in a minute, but there's a lot of frustration. Like if you, I always find it quite amusing reading the comments. There's a lot of frustration from people about, Oh, you know, and yet another club, yet another 500 pound driver, yet another 450 pound driver. Yeah. And they just, there's a lot of frustration from people of why are they bringing out golf clubs every year? is basically it what why are they marketing it to us why are the brands and it's not and i've led with youtubers here but it's the brands that are saying our best performing driver ever our longest hitting driver ever um which if in test actually is you know marginal at best um lying at worst and i think that my question for you my question for you guys was it was more of a discussion i want to talk about you know the difference of do we do we care that clubs have, you know, the companies are bringing out a new club every year? Why is it causing so much frustration in consumers? And just your general thoughts around it. So, uh, is that kind of teed it up okay? Ben, I'm going to come to you first and put you on the spot anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean first off, I, I kind of set it off by saying, obviously, we are still in a pandemic. These um, content creators are handcuffed on what they can create. It's all got to be inside in the studio. They can't get out on golf courses. So ultimately, they're going to be doing a lot of club reviews. It's it's the it's the world we live in now. Like every company is constantly bringing out new tech. I personally, I, I quite like it. I quite like looking at shiny new objects. <laughs> but having said that, I struggle to believe that technology advances that much in a year. I accept that at some point, there is going to be a driver which is better than the rest. But as I, I, I mentioned a second ago, the, you are suited to a set of clubs. I still have a Ping G driver in the bag, which is a 2015 model. My irons are 2013 Ping G25s because I love them and I play with them pretty well. And it's kind of this ties into something that a friend of mine sent me at the weekend. He sent me a screenshot. Rasmus Hoygaard had a tailor-made M5 in the bag. Bear in mind that's drivers, I think it's two years old. You know, if the if all of the new specs of everything were that great, um, I'm pretty sure all of the pros would be using them. Um, now, I know they've got certain sponsorship deals to be going on, but I, I, I enjoy looking at them. I enjoy talking about golf clubs. Does it make me want to buy them anymore? No, I actually don't care because I quite like what I've got and I feel like I get on all right with it. I, I, think, I kind of feel like people get pissed off with it because they feel like they have to buy it. Well, you don't. It's probably not going to make you a better golfer. Not that much anyway. Interesting. Interesting viewpoint. Timbo, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Does, does Did David Beckham hit a better free kick because he had a, the latest set of Adidas Predators on? No, he didn't. Yes. Yeah, I did only know he wins. <laughs> I bought way too many pairs of Adidas Predators for that not to be true. Did, did Andy Murray come back and win Wimbledon a year after losing to Federer in the final because he had an upgraded racket? No, of course he didn't. Um, 
you know, <laughs> honestly, when new golf clubs come out, I honestly don't care. I really, really don't care. Um, I care when you might get a, a cool video of the tailor-made players all out in the range with the clubs, but I'm not watching it because of the equipment. I'm just watching it to see those guys out on the range together. I, I, I don't, I, I don't give a monkey's about the clubs. Um, kind of similar to Ben, you know, I've only ever bought one set of uh, irons and I'm not going to change them anytime soon. The driver I've got in the bag was a hand-me-down from a mate. My sandwich is probably about 40 years old and I'm probably <laughs> not going to change that anytime soon. Um, so no, I, I honestly, no, I don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't fascinate me all that much when new tech comes out. Now, the reason I think it, it goes beyond that. And I think the reason it irritates people is the overload and the frequency with which the new models come out. It's every single season, there's a new model of irons of driver coming out, um, and A, that just becomes a little bit trite and boring. After a while, I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah. So it's the start of another year. TaylorMade are going to bring out something new. And it's also just the the, the level of claims and marketing guff <laughs> that, that goes that, with it. Because yeah. if, you were, if, you were, if you were bringing out new models, which you were saying something like, um, oh, the dispersion is much less, or we've done... Um, I don't know. It glides through sand something a bit quick. I don't know what it does. But then when you when you sort of say it, it's it's the stuff like the jailbreak technology and the maverick and the screws in the face and all this jazz. It's not only is it the frequency with which you're hitting people with the new releases, it's kind of the a bit of the 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 naff wall that you're trying to cut pull over their eyes whilst you're doing it. I mean, look, before Christmas, we were taking 40 50 60 year old drivers out to the range to see how much of a difference that made for us now obviously we got a few funny shots out of it but in quite a lot of cases it wasn't like there was like light years different from what we're hitting now i think the different i think i hit a dr- my drive was about 30 yards less with a 50 year old driver okay fine it's 30 yards but when you really think about 30 yards on a 50 year old club. Yeah. No, yeah. Are, you, are you going to get that every single year? I, no. And, and that's what, if you, and this was quite interesting. If you watch, uh, let's use Rick Shields as an example. He, he had the ping G four, two, five Callaway Epic and the SIM two. And ba- basically my understanding of this, the SIM was no better in, in any, in anything. In fact, two of the new models of the SIM, performed exactly the same and one was more expensive he's like i I don't actually know why this one would be more expensive but again it's for him isn't it it's i always find it is when it's one person testing obviously a very good golfer um and but both of the ping and the Callaway, he made he basically made the 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 analysis of they went about four yards further than the previous than the previous year or the previous or or the or four years before or something he's like basically to say that it, it's our longest hitting driver, it's not factually incorrect, yeah. but what they the way that they make it sound is just it's it's freaking bonkers. So this, he, it, go on, go on. no, I just, I just want to add in. He did say that he he felt that there was 
a much narrower dispersion. He felt they were more forgiving, but I don't, I don't, I might be wrong. I don't think he actually showed any data on that on the videos. It, I think it was more of a, a feeling, um, but that was quite interesting. And, and in one of the videos, he read out the, te- I think it was the tailor-made. He read out the technology with the new driver. And I was, he got halfway through and I'm like, you've just stitched together 17 made up words and, and tried to turn it into marketing. I'm just like, it, it, it bores me to be honest with you. No, I, I, the, that kind of ties in perfectly to, to, to the final point that I've got. It's like my, my point was, look, I'm playing a driver that is now six years old. I accept that I'm possibly giving up a few yards. All right. Technology does advance year on year. All right? There's no doubt. There, but <laughs> is, is it likely to make a massive difference to my golf game? No, because I'm still smashing balls into the trees left, right, and centre. <laughs> 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 uh, something that is going to make me stand up and think right i definitely need to do something about this and invest in a new driver set of irons whatever it may be is when a whole brand's staffed players so all of tailor-made players all of callaway players whatever it is all of their numbers take a massive jump from one season to another if all of them start bombing drives 10 15 yards further than what they're there they were the year before then i might go oh shit now is definitely the yeah, time to reinvest, but until the point, it's all marketing. That's it doesn't yeah, it, doesn't, doesn't and, and the other me. thing is, especially with with most of the clubs, right? That a they're limited on what they can actually do, right? There's a limit of legal club, and if they're already mm-hmm. at those limits, then it, surely, like there is a you, you've yeah. got limits on material, on size, of everything. Surely, you're just never going to be able to get any further. So, sure, just, just a lick of paint. Could, and, and do you know what? If they just brought out a new club and were like, "Yeah, it's a bit better. It's just a different design," I'd be like, "Great, perfect. That would that wouldn't bother me as much." Do you know what I mean? Like Nike bring out what twelve different new trainers every year. New being, yeah, they're a different color than the season before, and yet no one bats an eyelid at that. People buy them up like crazy, like collectors, and no one. And they're one hundred and fifty quid minimum per pair of shoes. Like, it, I just think it's because they come out with all the marketing spiel around it. And I just, I almost imagine PXG bringing the clubs out and being like, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good clubs and they look all right. I, it's, I think it's the promises. It's the promises and the, and the statements of like, it's going to improve your game and the expectation that that promise comes with, you know, you expect to pull a brand new driver, whatever it may be out of the bag, which is a new one over in my case, a six-year-old driver, and you expect to be hitting 10% more fairways and you expect to be hitting 15, 20 yards straighter. I think we've all come to terms with the fact that golf ain't like that. <laughs> it's yeah. not quite as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd wrap up by saying, look, the only, genuinely for me, I'm an 18 handicapper right now. The only reason I'm going to buy any new club is either because the one I've got breaks or I simply don't have one of these clubs in my bag like a five i don't have a five wood in my bag for example i don't have a four iron in my bag now being an 18 handicapper both those situations either breaking a club or not having something i need is eminently possible clearly um but i'm not going to do even if i do it i'm honestly listen listeners for this I'm going to go on golf bidder and buy something that's probably about five years old, but I can get a good deal on that's probably still going to be quite good. The, and, and kind of on that note, the thing to bear in mind with all of this is, I think we can all pretty much universally agree, right, that, Bre- that Brooks Kepka's a pretty good golfer. 
all, all pretty happy he, to agree me yeah. on that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he's a good golfer, yeah. So he doesn't have a club contract. Now, that's not unusual. A lot of a lot of pro players don't have a club contract, right? But in terms of what Brooks had in his bag towards the end of last year, this is off a Golf Monthly article, um, he still had a Nike three iron he was playing. Now, bear in mind, Nike haven't made golf clubs for about seven years. That's interesting. He he His driver is a t- tailor-made M5, doesn't play a sim. His three woods are tailor-made M2. Doesn't even bother playing an M5 for his for his three woods. And he plays with Mizuno Irons. Admittedly, the JPX 919s are sure. gorgeous clubs. Glorious <laughs> You know, find something you're comfortable and play with that. Don't, don't get pulled in by the marketing spiel. And that's not so I don't think a lot of people don't get pulled in by the marketing spiel. It's worth saying. But I think they're right to get annoyed by it because it's just like, it's just never ending. And just some of the claims and some of the guff that comes out, just leave it alone. I think you're right. I I think uh, I find it, I I back us as a consumer. I back us to just not to go. No, I appreciate it. it's not actually going to go ten yards further. It's not going to keep me in play more. I just quite like it. And 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 I actually I actually am the type of person that in two three years time whenever I I would quite happily go. You know what? I've had these clubs for five six years now. I I just fancy an upgrade. Nothing to do with anything other than. I just fancy getting some new clubs and I just, these ones look nice. Let's go try them, get fitted. Do they work great? Like, and that for me was, is the, like I would genuinely just be a, uh, it's not that I'm, I'm waiting for Callaway to release something that's going to help me hit it further. I just, if, if a brand release a set of clubs that I like the look of at the time that I am looking for new clubs. I also, that's where tying yourself to an affinity to a certain brand may be of of detriment as well. Cause you almost Mm. feel like, Oh, they've, you know, we use Callaway as an example. Callaway have bought out a new set of clubs. Mm-hmm. And he's got FOMO for not having them. Well, none of us are tied to any brand, and none of us really give a crap about the new models. Or However, if there are any brands listening, uh, we can probably be bought out. So, there's <laughs> <laughs> no probably about it. I am absolutely free to be bought out. Sign me up. We'll get you a new sound wedge in that bag. <laughs> PXG, are you listening? Uh, anyway, yeah, I think that really nicely wraps it up. So basically, to, to summarise, the consumer, we're not we're not idiots as consumers. We totally know that it's a load of nonsense, but that's what frustrates us, the fact that they are releasing this, this nonsense marketing spiel all the time. It's kind of never-ending. I'd actually be interested to hear from other people listening if – you know, I'd love to hear your views on does the new releases, does the endless, it's going to hit, help you hit the ball further, it's going to keep it in play more often. Does that annoy you? Do you care? Does it impact your buying decisions? So yeah, send send us a tweet, get on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, and, and let us know. I'd be really, really interested about this. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can literally like comment right now down below. So I'm um, really interested to hear your, your thoughts on that too. Okay. Now, we've got a couple of new well we've got at least one new section and i don't even know what the last section is so um we're going to move on to (laughs) tim who's tim has been teasing us with some new sections uh all i know is the name of the next section uh and that is play visit demolish i'm now going to hand it over to tim uh tim you're going to let us know what we're doing with this and uh and tee us up so go for it yeah so this is hot on the heels of our um beer with lesson with play around with feature that we had last year very popular so um yeah if you like i'm going to change the the, the name slightly it's it's, it's play okay. spectate demolish 
okay. play spectate demolish. Okay. So basically what's going to happen is, and we're going to do this both with famous courses, but we're also going to do this on courses that we've played and hopefully some of you guys out there have played um, in and around England. Uh, we might be able to do a few in Turkey, potentially a few in Portugal. Um, but for the first week, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the boys three golf courses. They got to tell me which one of these they would play, which one of these they would go to visit, or, sorry, to spectate uh, an event at. And one of these is getting demolished. They're just going to wipe it off. It's just going to be brutal. gone. Okay. This is going to be brutal, okay? Because these three courses have unique merits all of their own, whether it be uniqueness, heritage, totally different. Okay, so here we go. The first course is TPC Scottsdale. Now, for those who aren't immediately sure of which course this oh, is, this is, you may have seen clips of it on YouTube. This is probably the one of the most famous par threes in golf, where the, the par three is just completely enclosed with spectators. It's like the biggest golf stadium, if you like, in the middle of Arizona. Phoenix Every- Open, it's done, it's done in two weeks. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the players kind of, it's the players like geeing up the crowd as they're like yeah. waiting to hit the shots. You know, there's a few players will like rock the um, the basketball jerseys whilst they're doing it to show their affinities. So TPC Scottsdale. Okay. It's the first one. Second one, we talked about it. It was just on TV this weekend. Abu Dhabi Golf Club is the second one you've got to pick out. Obviously, I'm assuming the most prestigious golf club in the UAE. I assume it is. Um, obviously again it's completely different it's in the middle of um again pretty much middle of the desert it's you know you've got the amazing views of the the cityscape in the background you can play it at night important point tonight and the final one a few times is pebble beach ah crap okay so i've made this deliberately difficult you know what you're doing Straight okay. off of that, and I'm doing. Do you both know what you're doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's annoying. I thought it was going to, you were going <laughs> to agonize over this a little bit more, but all right. You seem confident. Um, uh, just, go just, to, just, to, just to quickly uh, yeah. add a question into this playing Scottsdale, is this in front of 30,000 people, or is it yeah, playing sure. us three jokers? No, oh, sure. You can play, play in front of the crowds. Okay. Interesting. Also, can I? I feel like we should just um, like drag this out a little bit, and that me and Ben didn't make our decisions so quickly because that's going to make who the, the third course that I'm demolishing maybe feel like, well, why did you think that so quickly? Um, so let's just drag it out a little bit. Pretend I've got more. I'm intrigued to hear why because I might be inclined to disagree with you where you've gone with it. And ultimately, this is my game, so I have the final say on whether it's right <laughs> or wrong that you decided. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll come we'll we'll go we'll go um, host by host. So we'll go one at a time and run through the, all three decisions in one go. Chris, talk to me. What are you saying? Okay, uh, for me, I as an event, TPC Scottsdale Phoenix Open Waste Management Open is just um, I want to be there I, w- I couldn't think of anything like the atmosphere the buzz I want to be there watching I would be there spectating I think that would be an epic event to be at for sure I think that would that for me was just no no doubt from a 
not your typical golf environment um for anyone who hasn't seen it just like just google it watch it in two weeks time at the, the waste management phoenix open it's a proper event like it's just i think it's excellent and uh, the fact that the, the players get the crowd g'd up like that's where you're like oh okay this is and it's a stadium it's it's a proper stadium around some of the holes so there for me to spectate pebble beach to play and abu dhabi is getting demolished sorry abu dhabi do really want to play there but out of those three <laughs> i'm demolishing it and i'm playing pebble beach pebble beach has always been on my bucket list if you like of places to play and i'm definitely not removing that okay ben i um i'm very boringly gonna mirror chris completely there so pebble beach is one of the first golf courses that i ever remember as a kid um mm. it just seemed to you know even as a young boy see pro tournaments you hear pebble beach you see it's you know the set in the surroundings the iconic holes there tiger killing it around there um so i would play pebble beach for sure and also because i know i can play it well i know we can play it as in as in physically we could actually go and buy a green thing and go and play it it would interest me more to go and watch the scottsdale um tournament i think that's up there definitely in my top five of, of golfing events i'd go and see i think it would only fall behind Ryder cup the masters and then the open and then i think after that the 16th at Scottsdale would, would probably be the fourth yeah. golf event if you were to give me a, a complete choice. Yeah. What, what a weekend you'd have there. I oh. just, it would just be It would amazing. be the most unique environment and probably the most fun that you'd be able to have at a, a golf setting if um, if you had the right people with you. I just It yeah. just looks amazing. just looks incredible. And it looks like the players enjoy it as well. Yeah. And, and the interaction there would be awesome uh demolish unfortunately yeah abu dhabi no kind of no history no real affinity to it um you know i'd like to go and play it but it wouldn't come high up on my on my bucket list unfortunately Fair. yeah i mean I, I i was wrestling with whether which whether i'd play um scottsdale and watch an event at pebble beach because i was wrestling with that whether it's be you know whether you'd go and watch let's say the i don't know the us open at pebble beach and just see all the history and all the players that come with that but then i sort of thought no no i'll flip it the other way around because we talked a few times about trying to create sort of new events or new types of events yeah. for golf um whether that be night golf or you know it's do whether you do the stadium courses so i think i i'd go and vi- i'd be a spectator at that just to kind of support what i previously said about how we need to do different types of events. So I agree with you. I think I'd, I'd spectate the TPC Scottsdale. I would love to go and play Pebble beach. And I would very, 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 very regrettably demolish um, the Abu Dhabi golf club. Very sorry. So no, it's a full house. Um, <laughs> probably made that slightly easy. Actually. I reckon I'm going to make these tougher as the weeks okay. go on. Um, well, actually, I, I, the way you mentioned it there, you, you could have, maybe not persuaded me but the way you talked about actually going and seeing like uh an event at the open uh, i i do think that would be amazing i i this is gonna sound really bad there's lots of that style of event on the pga mm. tour and the european tour there's lots of that and i think to get something totally different to get and and again i think we there'll be a lot of people that disagree with us thinking the waste management is amazing and that I don't doubt. 
there'll be a lot of people that don't like the waste management yeah. because of the things that we like it for. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine, by the way. Like, no, <laughs> everyone's allowed an opinion. Yeah. Um, but that, and for that reason, they might choose to play there or demolish that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would totally understand why someone is not a fan of the waste management open and what Scottsdale is. I would, I would get that. I can, I can understand that logic. But can, also, I want to develop. I want to see more different kinds of locations and setups and yeah. environments for golf to play in. So I think I, yeah, I'd go with that. By the way, this podcast does not approve the shouting of the phrase mashed potatoes. If you shout mashed potatoes, <laughs> stop listening. Uh, this is not, this is not for you. <laughs> Just don't shout things when someone hits a golf ball. It's not funny. It's really not. <laughs> dry <laughs> um awesome I, I like we had that might, is that the first time we've all agreed on anything probably yes. that, might be yeah. that might be a podcast first interesting um again if you're listening if you're watching on youtube play along write in the comments below let us know what uh, which ones you would play which one you would spectate and which one you would demolish now timbo back to you because you just sent us a, a very cryptic message before the before the show saying, "I've got another challenge for you," and yeah. that's all we've got. So, Timbo, back to you. What? What's yeah, the I, deliberately, I deliberately didn't tell you guys what this what this was because I wanted to just kind of bring it to you in the middle of the pod. So, I kind of I kind of want to bring more challenges and put you guys on not on the spot a little bit more, but just kind of test your. Your creativity, I suppose. So, um, obviously, previously we had the uh, previously we had the ten pound driver challenge, which was great fun, and we did that last year. Um, obviously, we're slightly limited by what we can do at the moment. Um, can I, in the fact that we, can, we, we need to, we need to finish that challenge in terms of taking the clubs out on the course. Yeah, exactly. Um, being that we can't actually leave our homes at the moment, there's only so many challenges I can actually set to you. But I think this one will be interesting. I'm going to ask you to design your own golf hole. And what I mean by this is basically a crazy golf hole in your house. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was inspired because I've just seen so many videos in the last few weeks about how people have set up challenges crazy golf challenges around the house so it's challenge for you for the over the duration of the next week i want to know what kind of equipment you've got around your house that you're going to use in the construction of said golf hole and um we're going to regroup on the next pod we're going to talk about how you designed it how you came about it and (laughs) how many putts it took you to to finish your hole Okay, I'm I'm already thinking about what what the route around the house will be. Okay, do you, do you want it as like a par four? Is there any any like criteria you want to set us or you can design it how you want? You'd have a par two, you have par one if you want a par oh, four. No. That's boring. Par four minimum, surely. And also, just for anyone that's listening or just has any ideas of stuff that you've done, you know what. You know things that you've used, you know, to create any yeah. kind of weird kind of golf practice <laughs> in your own homes during lockdown. When, when Tim says he's going to challenge our creativity, my creativity is precisely zero. So if anyone wants to help with my creativity, feel free to post some ideas and uh, <laughs> let me know what I should be doing. 
yeah, that's, that's amazing. Go. Then you look it's worried it. about the challenge. Yeah, a little bit. I've got, got going to be competing against two dogs, so um, that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's that will make you interested. That's perfect. Okay, great. Um, I assume we'll have to film Gress doing. Okay. Um, yeah, great, awesome. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to some listener crazy golf holes around the uh, around mm. the house as well. So again, post those. Right, that I'm. Or my brain is now completely gone onto what is my crazy golf hole going to look like around my house. So before I get too involved in that, uh, everybody, if you haven't, Tim mentioned at the beginning the Tiger documentary. It is literally just called Tiger, I believe. Uh, it is on Sky Documentaries. Uh, it's a two-parter. I'm pretty sure each episode's like an hour and a half, two hours or something. Though, uh, we'll be watching. I will be watching it this week at some point for sure, so we can chat about it next week. So go and watch that. Uh, and we've also got for the maybe the first time ever, we we're ahead with topics that we can discuss on future episodes. So uh, that also fills me with excitement, making next week easier to plan out. Uh, but enjoy the golf in Dubai this week if you are. Already, no, if you're not already in the fantasy league with Sunday Red, if you're in the group, I've sent an email out last week. If you're in the group, the link's in there somewhere. Come and join that. Timbo, just a reminder if you want to get access to the contest, you have to enter before the start of the golf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so enter on by Wednesday night would be ideal. That was quite an amusing message. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Thursday morning. So, guys, how do I get in on this fantasy golf? Yeah, the golf started five hours ago, Tim. So yeah, got my, got my time zones badly wrong on that one. Um, but the good thing about the setup we have, Tim, is that it resets every week. So Hatton, unsurprisingly, very expensive this week to get into your team. Um, but it means everyone can join and start fresh each week, which is good. So um, come and join us doing that. Bring some lockdown excitement. Yeah, we'll for the winner this week, by the way. Say that again, sorry? Any prizes for the winner this week, by the way. Yeah, don't promise people prizes. It's free to enter. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, you, you will get tease some prizes out of it, mate. Yeah, no, it is definitely something that I would like to be able to do. But if I'm just giving away rounds of golf and paying for people to go play golf every, I'll be a very poor man by the end <laughs> of the year because my fantasy golf isn't good enough to make sure that I win it each week. So, uh, but yeah, it would be something I'd like to do. I'd, I'd in in future i'll definitely look into that they've also they do have a paid option so we're zooming and ring about you know doing a two pound entry fee on another another competition but just for people who want to jazz it up a bit get a little bit more excitement going but um yeah no i can't promise prizes yet no don't 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 promise the fans things that i can't, <laughs> I can't deliver <laughs> pride um, although although saying that then one guy um there was a general manager in the in the group who did offer a, a four ball for this one um, but obviously very limited on lo- location. So, um, but that is a concept that I think would be that would be quite cool. Anyway, I think that is all from me this week, guys. You got anything you'd like to add, or is it? See you later. All good, guys. Awesome. In that case, guys, we will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you later. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review, and connect with us too. Tweet us, Insta, YouTube, wherever we want to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts on the show. As always, this show is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, the golf club for the hacker, uh, the real golfers of this world. If you love your golf, don't take yourself too seriously. 
like the sound of things like fantasy golf that we talked about today, events, giveaways, golf days and more, then come to sundayredgolf.co.uk to join the club now. Also, we've been talking about the race to Dubai starting. If you're thinking, once we're out of lockdown, obviously, that you'd like to start your own race to Dubai with your mates, then head on over to tourchamp.co and you actually can set up your own leagues for free now.